4: Welcome back. It is hour number two of betting across America on this 4th of July Sunday from across America. We have James Salinas in our VEASAN Denver studios. I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we've had a lot to discuss so far. Some hot dogs, some NHL, NBA will be coming up this hour. A little NFL as well uh, there with James. Again, follow him at rounding again. Follow the show at VEASAN live on Twitter. Let us know if you've got any any bets you're sweating right now because we've got some dogs, James, that – that are barking. I know you are more of a dog player when it comes to uh, the, the MLB, as You told us in the first hour uh, it was not a good day for the dogs on Friday with the straight up uh, the straight up results going fourteen and zero in favor of favorites. So you would think, okay. We're, we're now on Sunday. Hopefully we'll see things change a little bit. We had a couple dogs win yesterday and uh, today a couple who are very live so far. I want to start in, in uh, Detroit. Another one of our, uh, our MGM jurisdictions where during football season we have uh, Mike on from our uh, Detroit studios. Really interesting development though where Lucas Giolito who has been one of the, uh, the headlining guys as far as lack of spin rate ever since the sticky stuff has started to be enforced by the MLB. Amazingly now James he has given up 14 earned runs in 21 and a third innings in his starts against the tigers this year yes the detroit tigers one of the worst teams in uh, in all baseball even though they're not in the cellar right now uh, in the uh, the al central the tigers have jumped out to a four nothing lead through two innings as a pretty sizable uh, underdog today at plus 160 behind the youngster matt manning who made his major league debut earlier this season and detroit now james minus 400 on the live line how do you explain the struggles of lucas giolito against uh, a specific team like the detroit tigers pretty wild
5: that, I don't know. I mean, talk, well, he's and it's not like Giolito has been super sharp all season long. Had Correct. Yeah. had a few stre- good stretches, but ultimately, yeah, against you talked about it against the Tigers here. It has not pitched well this season. Had three starts against them this year. 20 innings in those three starts. Gave up those 10 earned runs as well as seven home runs. I think that's just it there, leaving the ball up. And once you leave it up, even they, a team like Detroit, soft-hitting team for the most part, they can still take you yard. Now, I, I didn't look at the break. Of how these runs were scored for for Detroit, and yeah, the dogs are barking here. I just couldn't get on that side with the with the rookie you mentioned, Matt Manning, taking it. It's, this is his fourth career start, and in those three starts prior, he wasn't really fooling anybody. 13 earned runs in 14 innings pitched with just six strikeouts. So rough start so far for the young guy coming in, but so far so good through what two innings, three innings here yeah. for the for the young pitcher.
4: That, that would explain uh, the the line certainly, and you see uh, there at your screen. White Sox closing minus170 at least uh, through our uh, sources here at vson.com, looking at the uh, the MGM closing line that ended up in this in this case. Uh, yeah. Plus one sixty. So a little bit higher total of nine and a half and just uh, just pulling up James to see how these uh, these runs were scored so far. It's uh, it seemed to be uh, really a lack of uh, of control to this point. keel Badu two run double for the Tigers to get them uh, on the board and then you've had a uh, Harold Castro base hit and then an RBI ground out by Robbie Grossman. So it's been uh, it hasn't just been uh, one or two hits. It's been a string of them so far against Giolito. So five hits given up already. Certainly not fooling anybody up to this point mention as well some other underdogs who could potentially get there today well, how about the Pittsburgh Pirates trying to disappoint the entire state of Wisconsin of course it's probably hard to disappoint Wisconsinites after the Milwaukee Bucks just made it to the NBA Finals last night but with the free hamburgers on the line George Webb offering that the local hamburger chain if they win 12 straight Brewers having 1-11 in a row. It's the Pirates who are up 1-0 so far thanks to a Kevin Newman solo home run. And how about Tyler Anderson, who I know you're familiar with, James, from pitching in Colorado, had really a good start to his career, then really fell off and found his way out of town. And now in uh, Pittsburgh, got off to a pretty good start, holding the Brewers' score list through his first three innings.
5: Yeah, not too hard. When you were talking about the Brewers, the lineup's been pretty beat up all season long and not really been it has been relying on that great depth of starting pitching as well as the bullpen for the Brewers. But, yeah, it's still early, although you talked about that live line. and I thought at one point the, the Brewers had loaded the bases. Was that back in the third inning? I didn't so, see. Obviously, nothing yeah. nothing came in because there's still a goose egg on the board.
4: <laughs> no, they did not get any runs at Pittsburgh now, minus 130 on the live line. Live total, by the way, down to five and a half heavy, Juice to the over at minus one thirty-five. Uh, yeah, Freddy Peralta, the pitcher, came up in the second with the bases loaded, one out, and uh, he did the one thing you just you're not supposed to do uh, as a pitcher in that situation. He, he grounded it. He it, he did a try. He did try to bunt. I'll give him that, James. But he bunted into a double play to uh, to end the inning. So the Brewers did not get anything, and uh, they go to the uh, the bottom of the third right now in a one nothing game, Pittsburgh on top. This is betting across America as we welcome you into our second and final hour on this special 4th of July Sunday. We're going to get to Jonathan Von Tobel here in, uh, in just a moment, talk about some uh, NBA finals again, joined by James Salinas in our Denver studios. Uh, I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point in Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, so James getting back to, what we were just talking about Freddie Peralta. Come on, man, just, just sit in the box and just take three strikes. That's all I'm asking. We, we just want the free hamburgers. Come on.
5: Got to execute. And so, it's, again, bunning, I think bunning is such a lost art. There's a lot of lost art in the game of baseball today. Uh, not a lot of speed left anymore. Guys don't hit behind runners anymore. right? The analytics has totally changed the approach at the plate, as well as the, the lack of bunning and the lack of being able to lay down and execute a bunt, even with pitchers, where that's, a, that's the one thing that they work on plenty is to uh, lay down bunts. Unfortunately, there for Peralta, not able to put himself back into that game as far as putting his run on the board supporting himself for that cause bad bunt rolling into a double play not the way you want to it, finish it it end.
4: did not work somebody who i do think would have been good at laying down bunts if he i don't know if he played but Jonathan Von Tobel our senior beast senior NBA analyst that's a nice way to seg- segue into bringing on JVT happy fourth JVT let's start with this because this is the 4th of July we started the show we were watching Joey Chestnut try to uh, demolish his own hot dog record was that bringing back like were you getting PTSD uh, watching that because we we were able to you know we dug up the uh, the tweet that Jimmy Vaccaro reposted from uh, from earlier this week the VEASAN hot dog challenge which I understand you were a part of in this network's infancy can you uh, can you tell us about that what what that experience was like do you still have the the PTSD there it is the hot dog yeah, challenge wow.
6: I got the poster still. Obviously, I got it um, framed actually in the other room. I was actually thinking about putting it back here, um, but no. Like I, I did have a little, um, you know, kickback to that. And actually, I do a little local work. I think, as you know, Ben. And uh, on Friday, I actually got to talk to two participants in the uh, the hot dog challenge, and brought up a lot of stuff. One of the things that always stuck out to me doing that, and you can see them when they're dipping in the Gatorade and all that stuff. It was the taste. And look, I love the South Point hot dogs. So they are they are great. It's nothing against them. But by like the fifth one, the taste. Was so just I just couldn't take it anymore. That's what actually kept me from finishing. It wasn't the capacity wow. I could have kept going. The taste—it was shocking how bad it was. But like the fifth one, I just could
4: not hold them down. It was crazy. So you got what? So you got? Did you finish the fifth? What your over? Your total was set at what? Four and a half.
6: Yeah, you I think, no, I was at four and a half. I, I, yeah, I fell right on four and a half. I was supposed to finish seven and eleven, and it was a bet with Jimmy, and all the money went to charity, so it was a lot of fun. But uh, uh, yeah, the, it was quite the challenge. It, the, it was shocking how hard that was from a taste perspective. <laughs> uh,
4: J- uh, James, apparently, I've been told that the year after this, Greg Peterson unsuccessfully uh, he, he choked on a hot dog, and we had to end the competition. So if you were wondering, James, who was in it this year? Yeah,
5: it has it not happened anymore. So figured I'd let you know. No you, you work, no workman's comp at Veasan for when it comes to doing hot dog challenges all right I'll, I'll take myself out of the running i'll, I'll be out of the race no interest well, in especially
6: me. the first year huh? i think we barely had insurance the first year right No, <laughs>
4: that, that feels like feels like it was about 15 years ago even if it was only uh, uh, three or four uh, but yes the great poster of uh, jonathan von so you know look it was part of your journey from visa producer to now senior NBA analyst participating in the hot dog challenge and here we go we get uh, suns bucks Starting uh, this week, NBA Finals. It is now set. And uh, just just looking here at the the line where Phoenix was opened up last night, about a minus 170 series favorite. I guess the first thing we should probably look at, though, JBT, before we think about hand, handicapping a series is you have to have some sort of idea on the status of Giannis and Denikupo if you're going to have conviction enough to make a, at least a game one or a series long play. And I found it interesting that coming into last night, we got the we got the word that if there was to be a game seven, Giannis was potentially going to give it a go and he would try to gut it out so it's interesting to me how we went from hearing that to seeing the Bucks clinch out the series and all of a sudden now going oh well I guess because of that report like he's probably good right for for game one which I don't know I'm, I'm not sure if I'm all the way there what do you think what have you heard and what are you thinking as far as uh, the impact of Giannis at least early on in, in a series like this
6: yeah, I mean, like reason, it would stand to reason, right, if that was the case, that he would be close to being available for a game one situation, you get two days off, they're going to play on Tuesday. So that that would think you would think that if he was going to play in a game seven that he would be available to go here. But again, we, we see this all the time, right? This is the postseason of injuries, guys, but it's also postseason of guys rushing back from injuries. So let's even say Giannis comes back. Trey Young yesterday, not very effective, right, under 15 points, uh, did not look anywhere near fully healthy. James Harden comes back for the Brooklyn Nets. He's just standing around. He doesn't have his explosiveness, his mobility. He doesn't look anywhere near healthy. Mike Conley was not impactful when he came back. We can go to example after example after example in this postseason alone of guys coming back from injury because their team was either on the brink of elimination or needed them, and they were not ready to go. So even if you get Giannis Antetokounmpo back, a man who is so reliant on his explosiveness, the ability to get out in transition, the ability to finish within four feet of the basket, playing above the rim... What does he look like? And I know there was a lot of speculation. We can even call it reckless speculation. The picture of him holding, right, the Eastern Conference Trophy yesterday and the knee, right, all braced up and ready to go, and it looked a little swollen. You couldn't really tell that much, but there was a lot of, "Eh, the knee doesn't look good. So, Ben, like, I'm just more, like – even if he comes back, we don't know what he's like from a health standpoint, what he's like from an explosive ability standpoint. And it does make this somewhat tough because if he's out there, but he's not fully honest, what does that mean for the Bucks, who over the last two games really came into their own in terms of playing without him and showed a, a willingness to get within the paint and a willingness to play some explosive offense?
5: JBT, and that's what I wanted to ask you: is what can you take away from the last couple games of what we've seen from Milwaukee on the offensive side? Really redefining a number of roles, and I think thinking about Lopez. Obviously, Portis had to come in off the bench and, and fill that space, but really Lopez not being the shooter, not playing the five out to allow Giannis to be able to drive, and so he's not in there clogging up the middle. Uh, but now being more aggressive, being more of a focal point within the offense, at least the last couple games. I just wonder with Giannis not knowing when he's going to be back, but ultimately, what did you see out of the Bucks offensively in his absence that I think you might be able to apply in this matchup against the Suns in the finals? What
6: I, what I saw, James, and this was a really good positive sign for them, because if you went, and I was talking about this on Fall of the Money when I was filling in late last week, If you looked at their regular season numbers without Giannis on the floor, right? With Giannis on the floor, they took 35% of their attempts within four feet of the basket. With Giannis off of the floor in the regular season, they only took 29%. With Giannis on the floor, they shot 72% within four feet of the basket. With Giannis off of the floor, that dropped down to under 60%, right? Those are some extremes when it comes to attacking within the restricted area. But the good thing that you saw from Milwaukee was in those games, right? We'll talk about the first game without Giannis. Offensive rating of 130.9 shooting rate though 85.2 percent within four feet of the basket in terms of shooting 27 attempts within four feet 26 attempts from four to 14 feet and now it's in the first game and then in the closeout game same thing 22 attempts within four feet of the basket 18 four to 14 feet you saw a concerted effort to get in the painted area something they did not do all regular season whenever Giannis was not playing and i think that's the big positive for them from an offensive standpoint there is an effort and there was a game plan to attack the painted area of the floor and that was something big but i I want to say this James because this is a this is the angle I played each of the last two contests and this is something to look forward to as they take on Phoenix if Giannis is not going to play. Play the over in game five play the over in game six. Both of them get there this team, Milwaukee, still can be very good offensively, right? The one thing that held up from the regular season numbers without Giannis to the two games was, from an offensive standpoint in the regular season, 118.8 from an offensive rating standpoint with no Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton on the floor. You're talking about offensive ratings in these two games of 130.9 and then a 120.6. They were still very good offensively, but their defense regresses to a very big big rate, right? 116.7 in the minutes without Giannis on the floor, 118.8 in terms of the defensive rating without Giannis out there, and you saw a really poor perimeter defense in those minutes, and sure enough, over 39% in both games, If both games go over for the opponent in terms of shooting. So that's going to be an angle, I think, going forward for me. If Giannis does not play in game one, it's going to be another over here, because the market tends to think that there's going to be less scoring without Giannis. It's not the case. It's actually more scoring. We've seen it play out in two games now.
4: Again, Jonathan Von Tobel joining us here on Betting Across America, and as you look at the line for game one, this opened five and a half most shops right now, six at BetMGM total of 217 so uh, if you're looking at uh, that angle those are the numbers you're looking at right now uh, and obviously rightly so JVT we're looking at uh, the Bucks here and how they're going to look with slash without Giannis we should also probably to, you know do our due diligence here kind of compare what they're facing in Phoenix based on the back halves of these two series they've just won as far as you know I know with James and talking NFL handicapping we always talk about the step ups in class when you're thinking about week to week in the NFL so when you think about the fact that the Bucks beat a basically a Kevin Durant and and a collection of other guys, Brooklyn team, the end of that series. They beat a very hobbled Trey Young and a team that was already banged up to begin with in Atlanta. How much is the step up in class when you're actually looking at the full series here when you you take on a Phoenix team that obviously has had this incredible run through the Western Conference uh, and, and the whole playoffs in general?
6: Well, I think it's a step up in class because it's just a step up in health, right? Like the Phoenix Suns are, yeah. are, the healthiest team left in in the postseason. Like that, that's the biggest part about this is they're just they have everybody available. Everybody is even Abdel Nader comes back from a knee injury that kept him out for months, and so they get another role player off of the bench. So like, I think that's it, right? I mean, Phoenix is clearly a very good team, right? And I don't want to take away from the run, but that's the biggest thing. It's so much a step in class as it is just a step up at a team that has every single one of these role players available at this point right now, but. But, you know, let's not get it twisted. You know we saw some of the glimpses there in terms of the weaknesses for Phoenix in that series against the Los Angeles Clippers. And going back to what we were just talking about, Ben, like there is something there for Milwaukee, Giannis or not, to take advantage of. Because if you look at this Phoenix team in the regular season, one of their two of their big bugaboos in terms of defensive play was one rim protection that ranked 24th in opponent shooting within four feet of the basket. The other was transition defense. They were dead last in opponent uh, efficiency in terms of fast break offense. And this is a Bucks team, right? If you talked about with Giannis on the floor, they attack the rim with Giannis off the floor. The last two games they've been getting in the painted area. And they're a team that likes to get up and down the floor in terms of frequency of transition. So even even though that this team is fully healthy, there are things that the Bucks can do from an offensive game plan that they've done all year long that they can to exploit this defensive
5: phoenix. JVT, let's flip it then. Let's think about the backcourt and, in particular, Chris Paul facilitating the offense against this Milwaukee defense. The the, the, the whole drop coverage, soft coverage, whatever you, however you want to, to take on that approach, we know what they do. And they filter everything. They're going to take away the, the drives of the basket, filter everything to kick out for threes. How do you see this matchup going in the backcourt for the Bucs defensively with Drew Holiday? I'm assuming he's probably going to have a lot of the assignment on Chris Paul and working over those ball screens. But on the other side, what is the matchup going to look like for the Bucs to face up against Devin Booker? And now another basically a full week to, to keep his nose clean and give himself even healthier rolling into the finals. What do you think that matchup is going to look like for the Bucs to try to defend Booker?
6: I'm curious, James, because, like, personally, I think I'd actually rather put Drew Holiday uh, on a guy like Devin Booker, right? Because I think he's a little bit more explosive, right? Like, Chris Paul's a really dynamic player, but his game is, like, popping, you know, screen and roll, and let let me take advantage of soft mid-range area. Uh, You don't need the most dynamic defender for him. I I think you'd want to flip that, right? Maybe get away with a Middleton on him, and then go with Drew Holiday to play against a Devin Booker type. But regardless, you're right. Like, the offensive game plan for Phoenix starts with exploiting that drop, pick, and roll coverage, and I think Chris Paul is going to be able to do that quite a bit. Big. We know that Chris Paul works wonders in the mid-range area of the floor. We know that Devin Booker's an elite mid-range scorer as well. So that plays into Phoenix's hand. But you you mentioned the big thing for me. And I, and I do think Phoenix is going to win this series because as Milwaukee goes, right, you can go across their numbers defensively. 29th and opponent three-point shooting in the regular season. They've not shot the ball well personally. And then you look, of course, about what Atlanta was able to do over the last two games. Cam Reddish at one point was what? Six of seven from three-point range yesterday. Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, they're going to be able to do that here. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to be able to set up their shooters, and they're going to be able to shoot the ball extremely well, I think, against this Milwaukee Bucks defense. So I think this is a matchup that kind of works against Milwaukee because you have a guy who will take that soft drop coverage and exploit it. And if you want to give that to him, he'll hit mid range jumper after mid range jumper. If you want to come up and you have to force it to get out of his hands, he's got three knockdown shooters that he can trust. Mikhail Bridges is maybe not a knockdown shooter, but he's a skilled shooter that'll stay in camp out in the corners. Cam Johnson, all of these things, right? So, like, there's a lot to going into this matchup that works for the Phoenix Suns, I think, from their offensive game plan taking on the Bucks defense.
4: And again, you can see on our, our screen minus 165 at BetMGM, the Suns line right now. You see some of those props as far as winning, if you want them in in six, is a plus 450 price right now on Phoenix. Yeah, the one thing I'll ask JVC before we let you go, you know, I just think about from a coaching perspective, and we've talked how how good Monty Williams has been all year. It just it struck me so many times throughout the Eastern Conference Finals for the Milwaukee Bucks where all those things you laid out as far as like the interior touches and how much success they've been able to get, especially the past couple games. You, you lay it out perfectly, and it seems so obvious, yet Mike Booneholzer in the Bucs, especially in these road games where they now do not have the home court advantage. They just seem so unwilling to actually do that. It is, like, for me, as you know me, JVT, a Milwaukee guy, a Bucks fan, it was like, what are we doing here? We know exactly what has to be done to exploit these matchups. If you're looking at this from a Bucks perspective, I know you're obviously leaning Phoenix for the series. How much would you, would you trust Mike Budenholzer to actually look at the data that a lot of it you just laid out that I know they're all privy to and actually follow through on that and not settle for a lot of the things that, that they did that got them in trouble in that Atlanta series?
6: So I, I think like the, the, the track record would say you don't really trust him that much, right? But I think there is a confidence, been in looking at a couple of things, right? One, the fact that near the end of the regular season and in this Atlanta series, you saw more of a tendency to switch a lot, right? You saw more of that Giannis at the five the five in terms of that lineup. We saw a little bit more of that. So there's that that's involved. So there is some evolution in terms of the defensive game plan. And I think the last two games from an offensive game plan standpoint, right, putting everything out there in terms of what they did and attacking the painted area, having Brooke Lopez have a big game Back to what he used to be. All of these things, I think, gives you some confidence that Bud is at least going to break from his rigid nature. But I will say this Thought Monty Williams should have won coach of the year. I think Monty Williams has done an incredible mm-hmm. job with his game plans throughout this entire postseason, and I think he's got a massive edge here in terms of coaching. I'm a massive Monty Williams fan, and I, I think he's clearly the better of the two in terms of game planning and head coach uh, capabilities at this point right now.
4: Uh, yeah, and, and uh, James as well. If, if you couldn't tell already, I'm going to be a nervous wreck uh, this whole this whole series. But yeah. I am excited for it. Going to be a great uh, NBA Finals that starts on Tuesday. JVT, our uh, senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. For the record, I'll say, John, uh, my over/under on the hot dogs would be like two and a half. So at least take solace. You're yeah. a better you're a better uh, semi-professional leader than uh, than I would be. So thank you for the time. We look forward to watching the series start on Tuesday, my friend. Happy Fourth, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, James. Yeah, you're gonna have to check up on me maybe once or twice. I I, I've already I'm not gonna invest in this series. This is I I actually did cash a buck six to one to win the East tickets. I will be honest, I hedged off pretty significantly with the Nets before the Kyrie injury. So it's not like I won that much. But uh, yeah, what a what a moment for Bucks fans. uh, It's uh, yeah, first final since the early 70s. So gonna be fun.
5: That's going to be fun. And hopefully, Giannis can get on the floor. We want to see it. It's been such an attrition, battle of attrition throughout the NBA playoffs. Hopefully, Giannis can get back out there and be effective, and then we can hopefully look forward to a great series.
4: I'm with you on that. We just talked about yeah, cash and a futures ticket. We're going to talk about what futures tickets would we be betting on right now in Major League Baseball because we've got a lot of options halfway through the season. We're going to talk about that next on the other side right here on Betting Across America. with basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love MGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We are back on betting across America here on a 4th of July Sunday afternoon on the East Coast, uh, joined by James Salinas in our Denver studios just uh, past noon there in Colorado. I'm Ben Wilson back with you from Las Vegas. Our producer today, Stephanie Kamershack. Unfortunately, another home run given up by uh, Vince Velazquez to Manny Machado. So, uh, yeah. James, it's not going well for Steph and her, uh, her fantasy baseball team. I'm sorry to say, 5 nothing Padres uh, in that game right now. We'll get back to some more updates in a few minutes. But, as promised, we talked about this in the first hour. Uh, James, we have uh, Stephanie gave us the idea of we are getting, apparently she is gifting us, is what I've been told, $100. And you get to spend that however you want to divvy it up on any MLB future to win the World Series right now as we sit really at the halfway mark of the season. Most teams are right at that 81-game uh, mark so far. So if you take a look at some of the odds from BetMGM right now, you have the Dodgers leading the way at plus 350. A lot of good options down the board, though, as, as you go further down. Astros 6-1, to one, White Sox, Padres 8-1, to one, Mets 8.5-1, then some double-digit options. All, uh, all, all first. Look to you, James. Where are you divvying up your apparently? Uh, I guess this is happening. These free hundred bucks from uh, from Stephanie. What a nice gift on the Fourth of July. <laughs>
5: It's a free roll, so I'm gonna let it ride and let it all, all right. ride on just one team. Uh, let's take a shot. I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for pitching and defense. Probably I'm just I'm still just a uh, still thinking it's baseball from back in the '80s and '70s that I remember watching and playing growing up as a kid. But just love the Brewers. I love the pitching staff for the Brewers, not only the the starting staff but also the back end of the bullpen. And I think this is a team that will start to get healthier come second half of the season, start to fill out that batting lineup and ultimately when you pitch well and you can catch the baseball you don't have to score a lot of runs and I just think whether it's in a five game series and or a seven game series the depth of this pitching staff for Milwaukee I mean now they're starting to they put together you know they're going for the hamburger today to get that 12th straight (laughs) win Uh, but but, and so much of it is predicated on the pitching but you know Adamus back into the lineup uh, has given them a shot in the arm once he's been able to return and I just it's just sitting down there at 15 to 1 it's not so much I think that this is the absolute sure shot as far as the brewers and they're going to take down the entire you know win the world series i mean probably not 15 to 1 is a good shot there but looking at the teams that are ahead of them i mean let's just start at the top of the list right there ben with the dodgers sitting at plus 350 375 wherever they're at yeah the lineup's great and you know the top end of their the top end of their rotation is solid if they're all going to be on the mound throughout the uh, second half of the season. That remains to be seen. I know there's some things going in the, you know, off the field right now with that Dodgers starting rotation, one player in particular. Uh, what is that going to look like for the Dodgers going forward? Is this a team that I want to delay such a short number with, uh, as especially with the bullpen, that I don't want anything to do with?
4: No, I, I completely agree with you on the Dodgers' thoughts. And I would say this, before I even think about where I'm spending my money, none of it is going on uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers right now and part of that is timing where we sit right now July 4th this is probably the one time we've seen so far this year where there is a lot of uncertainty around the Dodgers and it just goes to show I mean you think about going back to spring training the Dodgers just had this incredible wealth of starting pitching it seemed like they had pitching everywhere and now all of a sudden they, they can't find anybody I mean they're throwing out uh, Clevenger today uh, to you know just to, for uh, you know for uh, just a you know, couple innings out of the bullpen basically make it a bullpen game uh, today and yeah I I mean with the, uh, the Trevor Bauer uncertainties and if what obviously it's an investigation ongoing right now nobody is obviously you, know, you have to go through all the proper protocols but if what has been alleged against him is true I mean in the court of public opinion he should probably not be pitching for most of, at least I would say the rest of the, uh, the season that should be a pretty significant suspension and we'll see if MLB kind of has the stones to actually enforce something uh, like that so with all that being said here we are the, on the 4th of July with those uncertainties there is no way and also let's keep in mind Dodgers would would James become the first team since the 2000 Yankees to repeat. I think we sometimes uh, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show talking about the Lightning. Just how hard it is to actually repeat, and how as betters, it's really not a situation you want to back. So, I am not going to throw anything uh, on uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I do like your point on uh, on the Brewers, and what's amazing too, those guys you mentioned, like the Willie Adamases of the world. Uh, he was just traded for like a month ago from the Tampa Bay Rays. They're big boppers, Kane, Yelich. Uh, they've been hurt in and out of the lineup. Kane still, to me, James, does not look like himself. Uh, From years past, uh, after the injury he suffered in Miami at the end of uh, of the season a couple years ago, so when we come back, I'll give you how I'm going to break down my 100 bucks. I'm not going to be as cool as James and just suave throw it 100 bucks all on one team, but I will give you what I'm what I'm going with next as we continue right here on Betting Across America. is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. And now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe. Happy Fourth of July, everybody! As we're back on betting across America, but th- big thanks to our producer Stephanie Kamershack, along with the uh, James Salinas in our Denver studios. I'm Ben Wilson here in Las Vegas as uh, we continue the thought on our free. And I say thanks, Stephanie, because she's hypothetically giving us 100 bucks for free to bet on any MLB future we want in the second half of the season to win the World Series. James, you just, uh, yeah, I love your, you know, the, pan- the panache. You're just going, all right, 100 bucks, give me the Brewers, 15 to one, win 1500. You know, throw throw it into the uh, the, maybe the football account for the second half of the year if they win. I like it. Good good, good start by you.
5: All in. I've, I'm really not, uh, when, it, when it comes to futures like that, yeah, I like to, we talked about it too. I look for more of a, not that 15 to one is a long shot, but it's uh, looking at at least double digit odds there and that's where, yeah, give me one team. Let's go all in. Let's take the shot. Let's take that free roll. Thanks, Steph. Take exa- thank you, Steph. Thank you for the free roll. So how I would do this,
4: I'm, I'm kind of in the mind that and I mentioned before how I would not be playing the Dodgers right now. Uh, that's the one team I'm not going to put anybody on. If there's one thing I like, James, it's it's just to have sprinkles of teams and just, just to have some live tickets going and have as many tickets as possible alive. Because I, I do like making futures bets, not necessarily with the intent of winning the original bets, but to at least have a somewhat longer shot that I can at least then potentially hedge off of to make a profit once you get into uh, the playoffs. So what I would look at, I, I think – I actually was going to include the Brewers on my list. I think I would throw I'd throw 10 bucks on the Brewers, 10 on the Giants. And the, you made all the points on on how good Milwaukee has been from a pitching depth perspective. Look, I think the Giants are here to stay. I think that's a team that is making the playoffs. I know they're in a really tough division, but I've, I've been so impressed with uh, all the guys they've had. When you think about guys like Kevin Gausman, Anthony DiSclafani, who pitches later today, the resurgence they've been able to have in the Bay. I think you'd be remiss. Those are going to be two teams that will be live in the postseason. I think you have to throw ten bucks, throw a couple bucks on both of those teams. Uh, so I would do that. I'd also uh, then I'd, I'd throw twenty on four other teams. That so again, this is maybe not your style, James. I'm getting a little out of control here. We're throwing we're throwing money on six different teams. But look at the AL. I, I think the prices are actually pretty fair. Where the Astros at six to one. White Sox at 8 to 1. We've seen both of those teams uh, look really really good in spurts and I think I am I'm, I'm just not really sure who to trust out of the AL East. I think wh- whoever gets out of there is going to have a long run. They're going to have to go through the wild card rounds. They'll be matched up in, in pretty tough divisional spots where I think the Astros and White Sox 20 bucks. I'm going to throw on each of those. 6 to 1 Houston, 8 to 1 White Sox and then uh, give me 20 bucks as well on the Padres and Mets. Uh, Mets as well. I mean, you talk about pitching. I think you're I think it's hard not to put a little bit of something on them when you think about a best of 7 series with the type of rotation they have and there are rumors that they might be in the market to pick up another starting pitcher at the deadline the New York Mets uh, so I mean give me that, like that pitching alone is enough to warrant a bet on so I'm going to I'm going to throw some uh, 20 bucks as well on the Mets Padres with the 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 pitching hitting combo that they have 8 to 1 as well so James we're basically what we're doing here is we're giving ourselves a shot with like six different teams to at least win over 100 bucks. That's my strategy.
5: It's like going to the roulette table and just covering <laughs> the entire table. We got action here, 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 and here. And I, I get it. I get it from the hedge perspective, right? Where, yeah, you not all obviously only one of them is going to win, but can you get yourself into a position where, yeah, you can guarantee yourself a profit? And that's typically my approach as well when we're looking at futures. And you mentioned the New York Mets. I think that's just it here with uh, Stroman going on the mound. Now, I did take the Mets plus 155 here today, and we've seen a little uh, uh, interesting June out of Garrett Cole. Uh, with the uh, the spin rates, or lack thereof, in June since the sticky stuff cracked down. But uh, Tyron Walker had a, another great start yesterday. It's just a matter of can folks like Stroman and Walker sustain that in the second half? And, and then also, maybe Thor. Does Thor come back in the latter part of the season? And I think anything that you can potentially get out of Syndergaard is just going to be gravy for this Mets team. So I agree, I, especially with the Mets in the National League. Uh, there's your opportunities to hedge because they'll, they'll win that division in the NL East and clearly, right now, Milwaukee's the best team in the NL Central. And you got a couple of the tickets on those teams, even if they get down to the wire to face each other, maybe for the NLCS. Uh, now you've got an opportunity to head right. either way.
4: A- a- no, absolutely. anything. too, we still have, even though we're pretty deep into the season, there's still 80 games plus to be played for all these teams. So we, yeah. there are a lot of twists and turns that can still happen between now and September 30th, the final day of the regular season. And we saw that uh, score flash on our screen a moment ago as we uh, transition from that into updating a couple of these scores. We, you mentioned Walker, how good he was yesterday, no hitter through five in the Bronx as the Mets, they had that first game of the series of the subway series rained out on Friday night, but Walker was dealing yesterday. Mets win is a, a pretty, pretty nicely priced underdog. And then coming back today, they strike early on Garrett Cole, quick, a one nothing lead for Marcus Stroman. This is a seven inning game. They'll play two today with the second game being the Sunday night baseball, game that seven inning doubleheader starting at uh, just after seven o'clock on the East coast. So a seven inning total set at six, On Garrett Cole, though minus 185 against Marcus Stroman and the Mets at plus 155 at BetMGM, early lead for Stroman and the Mets. uh, The other game, and I've you know, whenever we bring up our bets, James, if like since you're co-hosting with me, I've kind of gotten into this Robbie Ray thing. You have his uh, his out prop trying to get through his uh, his six innings, over 17 and a half, and he has looked very good so far. So far, just 76 pitches. The leadoff man does get aboard board for the Rays. It is top of the sixth, nothing Blue Jays as a pretty uh, highly priced favorite today, trying to uh, go for the sweep against Ryan Yarbrough and the Rays. They were a minus 170 at bed MGM with a pretty high total of 10. And Robbie Ray James, uh, 76 pitches, needs three more outs to, uh, to cash that prop for you. So you're looking pretty good
5: yeah right now and they're into the top of the order over the this the third time rolling through the lineup and i think this is where they want to go typically he gets into the 90s they don't really stretch him out any further than that as far as his pitch count is concerned so sitting here at 77 you know ideally uh, a ground ball just could they hit a ground ball at somebody and that gets Take two outs right there with one pitch. Although Ray's not really a ground ball pitcher. He lives so high up in the zone here. But, yeah, I think this is his opportunity to be able to go, and they'll let him finish this. Hopefully, they'll let him finish the sixth inning.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed. As far as uh, the bet I've got, the Milwaukee Brewers was able to bet this overnight at a little cheaper price, minus 171. This closed minus uh, 185 or 190 in some spots. It has been a real pitcher's duel so far. The former Rocky, Tyler Anderson, has, uh, has kept the Brewer Bats in check as they look for a 12th consecutive win. Freddy Peralta has been very good, allowed just a solo home run to Kevin Newman in the first, but one nothing Pirates top of the sixth as they uh, continue to play on their Brewers plus 155 on the live line. So you t- we talked earlier about bullpens, James. If you're, if you're believing, and once they can knock out Anderson, maybe this is the time to get in uh, on Milwaukee live. I don't know, just a thought, maybe.
5: I agree. Got that back into the bullpen, rested and ready to go in this game. If they can get a, get scratch out one run against that, eventually Pittsburgh bullpen. We'll
4: see. We'll see if it happens. All right, when we come back, we're going to close the show. Go back into the NFL. We talked AFC North in hour one. We'll talk NFC North. Closing out the show next as we continue right here on Betting Across America.
3: Zumo Zumo Play.
0: Bet
4: fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VESAN600. And get in the game with the King of Sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VESAN600 to make your first bet risk free up to $600. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. As we're back, final segment of Betting Across America on this 4th of July Sunday. Up next, we'll go down to the Circa Sports Studios where we have Jeff Parles and Wes Reynolds standing by for the Green Zone. I'll be back with you today. Bet Center from 6 to 9 Eastern from Circa with Josh Towers, the former big league pitcher and Greg Peterson. But right now joined by James Salinas from our Denver studios as we close out the show. Follow him at Rounding again. Uh, James, We are you have gotten a couple of nice gifts here in this top of the six. Two base runners thrown out uh, by uh, the Toronto defense one on a stolen base one on a uh, run scoring base hit so two runs have come in the inning for Toronto uh, for Tampa Bay I should say two one over the Jays but you now just need one more out come on one more out from Robbie Ray and you win your over
5: prop well, it always helps getting thrown out on the bases, but this really, there was a line drive to right field that should have been caught. He could first, first rule on a line drive, freeze on the line drive, and his first step was in, and then got beat over the top. So, But was able to throw him out at third, and yeah, I don't care less. I care less about what the score is here. I just okay. need one more out. Let him stay out. in there. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, stay laughs> one more to go. How,
4: how, yes, however, you can get the out. Uh, they throw out Randy Arena trying to steal second, and then I think that was Austin Meadows who, uh, who, got, who gets uh, caught at uh, – At third, they're going to challenge that, it looks like, but it would be two outs, nobody on. Now a 2-1 game. Rays have taken the lead as uh, they close a pretty substantial underdog today with Ryan Yarbrough, plus 140. And right now live, Rays go to minus 120 as we await uh, word of that review. Uh, let's go back to the football, James, to close the show. We talked some AFC North in our first hour of the show. Time to talk some NFC North. Still, as we said on July 4th, not much cl- more clarity than we had even when we talked during the draft or at any point in the offseason on what will happen for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers going forward. We will see him. In uh, two days at Moonlight Basin in uh, the match. So I don't, I don't know how, I'm sure there will be some grilling going on by uh, the whole crew, Charles Barkley, uh, Tom Brady. Phil Mickelson out there as uh, Rogers Roger will be paired with Bryson DeChambeau. But right now we try to assess the NFC North. It's obviously pretty difficult when you don't even know who the top quarterback for the top team, if you'll even be taking the snap for them uh, week one. So with that, uh, James, you see the division odds. That is bettable, but you can see how the uncertainty is reflected in the off-the-board win total at BetMGM. It's probably more apt in that case to then... Go a little bit further down the board. Look at teams like the Vikings and the Bears, who figure to be the top uh, challengers this year. When you look at those two teams, uh, what uh, what jumps, what has jumped out to you so far as you've tried to make your offseason assessments of those two in particular?
5: Well, thinking about uh, what are we going to do in Chicago? Why is why are they naming well, at least for now? Coach Nagy is naming that for Week One at least. We got two months to f- actually see if this comes to fruition. That it's going to be Andy Dalton taking week one snaps and being the starter for the Chicago bears at quarterback. I, that part, I just don't understand. It's not like this is a, it's not like Dalton's been there and he's not only familiar with the system, but being a part of the team. I mean, he was not on the team last year. So you moved up to go get Justin Fields. Why is he not? It's just a different day and age when it comes to the NFL. It's a win now league and it's the step up and perform now league, especially for first round draft picks, including in particular quarterbacks, I'm just not understanding what that's what where Chicago is going to go from now and I think that really for me Chicago if if it's Dalton that I'm probably looking to bet against as opposed to betting for the Chicago Bears based on the quarterback position there's no more sit there young quarterback first round draft pick hold the clipboard learn from the veteran yeah. veteran quarterback ahead of you no nope, get him in there there's no reason in my mind there's no reason to wait uh, so I think he should be out there in week 1 and if he is that would be I'd be more inclined to be looking at the Bears for that division, although, you know what, Ben, it's not the same defense that we saw a few years back. Nowhere close to the same caliber of defense, especially in the secondary when Vic Fangio was there. A lot of those players are now here down the street from Mm -hmm. me at Mile High playing for Fangio here in Denver. So as far as the Bears go, it's kind of like the Packers. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. That one's completely off my radar right now until that gets rectified, but kind of the same thing with the Bears right now. What are you going to do at the quarterback position? Because if it's going to be Dalton starting week, one I'm not interested in the Bears going forward
4: Well and it's what is interesting you make that point and we had flashed up the schedule a moment ago for the Chicago Bears the the only angle I can think of with this and we see this all the time where a team I mean the Browns are a great example last year they were absolutely demolished week one in Baltimore I remember we kind of just wrote him off. I remember uh, Jeff Parles who will be up next on the green zone. I remember him texting me saying, "Wow, the Browns to miss the playoffs was only like minus 150." Or wow, that's what what an easy bet that would have been to make. And of course, we all saw what happened. So the, the lesson being, you never write off a team just because of one week. I just wonder James with Chicago. You have the Rams week one Sunday night game on the road where you see Matt Stafford introduced at SoFi Stadium. We know how good Sean Payton is when he has, I should say, uh, Sean McVay, uh, when he has a lot of time to prepare, especially these week one games. We saw it as an underdog against Dallas in a very similar spot last year. So you almost wonder now, I don't even know if Matt Nagy is smart enough to even think this way. I don't want to give him too much credit, but this is the way I would think of. All right. We have Dalton like we're going to throw him to the Wolves week one just to see what happens against the Ram defense that is should by all by all accounts should really beat up on this Bears offense Rams set it about a seven point favorite market wide. I'm sure that's going to be uh, a teaser that just about everybody and in the, in their brother plays in week one. That's the only thing I can think of here, James, where you say, all right, maybe it just it, it looks really ugly because we saw Dalton last year in his fill in time with Dallas even before the concussion. I mean, the expected play average or expected point average per play was in the negatives for each of his first couple starts. And that was coming in thinking, all right, this guy is like a top three backup. That was the widely consensus view. And it was a disaster in his his spot time there in Dallas. Do you, do you think that is at all the way they could go here where it's, it's as simple as, all right, let's just get Dalton out there week one. Let's buy, especially with the limited preseason, let's buy fields an extra week or two. Because starting week two, you have a pretty favorable next three, next four weeks, where it's home Bengals at Browns, home Lions at Raiders, all four teams who had pretty rough secondaries last year. Do you think any of that could uh, could bear
5: out? I think it could be, especially if we're talking about Andy Dalton, the sacrificial quarterback for that week one. Yeah, but is it Fields going in and having to face Aaron Donald? That'll, there goes your confidence right there, young fellow. You're gonna have to go. to uh, Face what I think in my mind is probably the best player in all of football, and Aaron Donald. So potentially, I think that could be it. It's more so. Just, I can't ever get a read on Maggie. And, and I just That's don't know from yeah. a from a leadership perspective, right? It's the, it's still another coordinator that gets buried in the play sheet, X's and O's, X's and O's. What about all the things that you have to manage within it? Uh, you're the you're you're El Jefe. You are the boss there as far as what it looks like from week to week. Not so much just beyond the game plans but just managing personalities and I just wonder here yeah, maybe that's the case. And you, now you're able to put in, you mentioned it, Cincinnati at Cleveland. They did do some moves in the offseason, especially into their secondary, did the Cleveland Browns. They're going to be much mm-hmm. improved defensively, I think, this year. But then you get to play Detroit, who couldn't stop anybody in that secondary. And I I think for Las Vegas, that's that's going to be a struggle, too, in that secondary. So opportunities there for Fields. If Nagy thinks that way and you're giving him uh, kind of a lot of credit to think ahead, and good for him, if he is thinking ahead, that maybe that's where he starts in week two. Because if he doesn't come in and start somewhere in in the midst of those four games after week one that I'm just not really sure where the Bears are going to go it needs to be fields and if it's not week one it needs to be soon thereafter
4: yeah and I think you and I James are both pretty high on what fields can bring to the table for this uh, Bears team you saw the win total seven and a half with actually a little juice to the under I find myself and I think a lot of that is just based off the news that we've heard I could see a scenario where we do see fields week two I could also see a scenario where we see him week 11 after the bye against Baltimore that's kind of we saw how Miami approached it with uh, Tua Tagovailoa in his rookie season. So because of that, I think you're right. It's it's while I'd actually think look, 8 and 9 is totally attainable for this Bears team even if it's not a very sexy roster and uh, th- at least with the schedule they've got, I think enough pieces are there. If they can commit to fields early enough, that's a play I would consider making, but right now not. Uh, the other team though that's interesting is the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of weird to see a Mike Zimmer-led defense just look as bad as they did last year. And, uh, and at the same time in the draft, they, it wasn't like they really prioritized defensive reinforcements. They you know, they go with the first round uh, pick, having two of them trading one away to the Jets, and uh, go with Christian Derrissaw to try and solidify the offensive line and then drafting the future replacement of Kirk Cousins with Kellen Mond in, in, uh, in their third-round pick. What do you expect uh, defensively? I think that's probably where you have to look at, right, with the Vikings. Can they make significant improvements enough to – kind of reverse uh, the trends we saw last year in a really disappointing seven and nine
5: season. Well, it's definitely going to help to have Daniel Hunter back into the mix. He's a tremendous defensive lineman and can generate pass rush consistently for the Minnesota Vikings and really help out that secondary. He's a very young secondary last year, and Mike Zimmer, I think, again, you talked about it, not a whole lot of moves in the offseason to upgrade, so he's trusting in the fact that his that, that young secondary got a, a, a year's worth of experience, baptism by fire. It was a rough year last year defensively for them, uh, but Mike Zimmer has the capacity to be able to work some magic. He's going to have to work some really good magic on that defensive side to keep them in games, but offensively, Minnesota's going to... I don't love their offensive line by any means, but Minnesota will have the ability to score and score often. I think running the football with Dalvin Cook, yeah, the, you've got a tremendous running back there, but also Thielen, and then the emergence of Justin Jefferson. I mean, what is, especially second half, what a sensational what a sensational talent he is, and I think that's only going to be the sky's the limit for that kid there, so I think we're going to see plenty of points put on the board, especially the play-action game that, that they like to run with Kubiak there, and I think that's the opportunity here, is can they get enough stops defensively to keep them competitive, because offensively, they will be able to score points.
4: And fourth in the NFL last year in yards per play offensively you would think as you point out it's only going to get better this year for the Minnesota Vikings and yeah plus 250 that's tempting but again we say all of this and at the end until Aaron Rodgers decides there is no way I'm putting any of my money anywhere near any of these futures so that's probably the probably the apt thing to say right
5: I'm right there with you. I'm not going to touch it until this whole soap opera drama is finally figured out with Aaron Rodgers. Let yeah. me know when that happens.
4: Might as well just bet on bet on the match on uh, Tuesday with Rodgers playing golf rather than one of these uh, futures. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll see. Uh, James Salinas, has been a, a pleasure working with you uh, today here on Betting Across America. Enjoy the rest of your 4th uh, of July. Been a blast, my
5: friend. Absolutely. You too. Good luck with your bets today as well.
4: Appreciate it. Hey, he cashed uh, your Robbie Ray ticket. That did cash. So that's a nice way to send uh, James Salinas out. Uh, that's all for us on Betting Across America. We go to the Green Zone. Jeff.
3: Sumo Play.